to uh, Yin and Yang, the podcast episode 42. Uh, it's been a bit since Darren and I have caught up, so we are we're gonna catch up a little bit. And then today's uh, main subject that we want to discuss is um, kind of the lessons we've learned from martial arts and how we've applied them to our life, and also you know some of the literature that we've read along the way. Um, and yeah importantly how we've taken those lessons and incorporated it into our own kind of uh, worldview or uh, uh, belief system uh, I think that's something I'd be interested to hear from Dan and how he's done that and uh, I have my own uh, my own journey as well so without further ado uh, let's get into it Dan how how are you <laughs> uh, I'm doing okay you know always looking for a a better opportunity job wise but nothing more new to that okay cool but, uh, uh, yeah I haven't I have enrolled my kids into a kung-fu school even though I can teach them I think I thought it was best to send them to a school with a bunch of other kids so that there's a social aspect to it that I think that's to be honest that's so important like like my mom and she could teach me Chinese, but uh, she sent me to Chinese school. I didn't do so good at the time, but uh, I remember trying. Like how she she was helping me with homework, and like we were both getting frustrated. <laughs> yeah, it, it was not a good because like you know it's your mom, you know it's my right. mom, right? So it's like with that, there's a lot of emotional attachment baggage stuff. Like whereas if it's a teacher. It's a different dynamic, right? Yeah. It's like and you're more... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's exactly that. And even my own Sifu, his his dad is the Grandmaster. And I remember asking Grandmaster about that. And Grandmaster said he had someone else teach, us, teach my Sifu first. And before, uh, once he got the basics down, you know, some forms down, and then he started teach, taking over his lessons. Oh, his, his dad started teaching his son. Yeah. Uh. After a while, it's not... Not immediate. It wasn't like blood sport where the guy's like teaching his son straight from the get go in the backyard, torturing him a little bit. Right, right, right. The basics, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. I mean, how? Um, what's? What I'm curious about is what's your criteria for like picking a school? Like, I'm sure you did your research before. Uh, did you go on Yelp or? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I didn't do any of that. I was actually okay with any school. Because I just wanted them to go get through the basics, and then it's just a repetition that I wanted them to get used to, just the regular practicing, just doing kicks, you know, over and over and over again, and seeing other kids doing the same thing over and over again. That's all I really wanted. I wasn't too worried about how well is the school going to teach them how to fight or do do all those stuff. Because at some point, I would take over. So I wasn't ah. very concerned about that. Uh, do you, were you uh, focused on what their first style would be? No, if I really, I was more about cost and convenience uh. than <laughs> anything else because I wanted to find a school that it's it's kind of laid back. Yeah, uh, just for a little bit, and then the school um, is actually pretty well known, uh, Kung Fu School. They do Hungar and Choli Fut. Okay, and uh, the classes I, I go to they actually encourage the parents to join in. So I'm in there doing the same same stuff they are, 
and making so I can remember the forms. So when they have to practice their forms forms at night, I I know all the steps. Now, okay, so we're here's something we're we're gonna get into a little bit. Um, hard and soft styles. Uh-huh. Hungar and Choi the Foot. My understanding is they're considered hard styles. Both hard external styles. External yeah. styles. Um, for our listeners, uh, could you kind of briefly explain the, the division here? And then after you explain it, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a counterpoint uh, from Bruce Lee, I guess. But yeah, yeah. Anyways, go ahead. The hard and soft, soft, the soft styles in Chinese martial arts are Tai Chi is the first one. Uh, they also include Xingyi, Bagua. Oh, that's the uh, the soft style you mean? Yeah, those are the soft yeah. styles. I believe I believe yeah. um, Bagua is considered soft style as well, and then Qigong yeah. obviously. And those are more about developing the internal um, qi and slowly progressing and, and developing the feeling energy when you fight. And internal styles tend to be tend, tend to take a lot longer to get good at fighting with, whereas the hard styles are very fast and um, they emphasize speed at the very beginning and power rather than developing the, the movement slowly and taking their time and focusing on themselves first before they um, learn to attack others, I guess. And I'm not exactly sure if that's the right definition, but most of the external styles are the ones that we think about um, when, we do sh- when we see Northern Shaolin Kung Fu or Choi Le Fut or Hungar or any of the karate styles or Taekwondo. Those are more or less hard styles but then hard styles always once you get really really good a lot of this uh, form a lot of the styles have an internal form where they start going slower and trying to develop the the more um, the more meditative type of things Chole fight has a bunch of internal forms and then Tai Chi goes the Yang style Tai Chi goes from slow to fast Chen style is already fast to begin with hmm yeah, they have some strikes and stomps in Chen style. Right. I notice. Yeah. yeah, right from the start. Yeah, um, yeah. I know for Bruce Lee, he he personally said that this this division is imaginary. It's it's a it's actually a kind of this division of hard and soft, and this style. Uh, like at the end of the day, it's all fighting. Or it's all like martial arts. I think the division. Personally, I think the division is somewhat like with any classification. It's a little bit helpful, you know, just yeah. to give an a concept. But at the end of the day, he's right. You know, like it's all human movement, right? And, it is all human movement, yeah. And how it's expressed, you know, hard, fast, soft. Essentially, like any any movement can be expressed in a hard or soft way, you know, relative to each other. Obviously. Um, um, there's some there's some breaks in Chinna and Tai Chi that are quite vicious actually, so and uh, and they can be expressed quickly, but it's practiced you know slowly. So visually it looks very soft, but in practice it's quite it could be quite um, you know devastating. Yeah. Well, um, I don't think that counterpoint as as far as like Bruce Lee's point of view is it's actually true of all martial arts in the sense that, like I said. Um, a lot of the hard styles start off really hard and fast so that you can use it right away and then they progress into like more meditative styles and, and the slower stuff and then Tai Chi, Yang style Tai Chi is especially known for being really soft and slow moving but as you get better 
as you get better and more advanced in the movements and you know how to use your body correctly and the breathing that goes with it all the forms start get, getting really really fast so you're starting from two opposite ends of the same spectrum mm. it's just tai chi takes a lot or all the soft styles tend to take a little longer before you can apply it to fighting styles mm. usually especially tai chi not i don't know about bagua and maybe not even shingis that way but tai chi for sure it takes a while before you can actually apply a lot of the, the movements and a lot of people don't even care about that part <laughs> um yeah some of them are just the tai chi in the park people who just want to use it for yang sung which is you know to to uh, cultivate health you know which is great right. yeah uh I, it's just yeah, it's ahead. just emphasis emphasis on like what you want to start with like i would never teach my kids tai chi there's no way it would just take too long and they wouldn't have the patience for it but as if you, know, you always want to start or at least for me i would start the kids doing external styles and once they get comfortable with that and then they once they get to like the teenage years then you can start doing some softer stuff What's interesting about a lot of these masters, uh, uh, Yang, uh, Yang, I think it's Yang Chen Fu, or like, the, yeah, the you know Master Yang, the Yang style, Master Chen, a lot of these stylists, uh, Aikido, which is borrows a lot from Bagua, a lot of these um, masters started pretty uh, hard styles actually. Yeah. Um, they, I know, I can say for O Sensei, the 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 founder. I mean that's his title, um, but the uh, founder I forget here. Let me pull up his name, but the founder of Aikido he started with a you know strong external styles, um, and then eventually like he found, uh, you know, developed by Mori Hei Yushiba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, yeah. So like uh, from but you know he looked he found bagua and some he studied some other chinese martial arts and japanese martial arts and then eventually developed the hachida which is aikido which is uh, considered a softer style um as far as the three internal styles i i've learned a little bit of bagua and i'm probably the most proficient in tai chi uh just from what i understand uh, uh xing yi it's like a, this is what like my Tai Chi teacher, my current Tai Chi teacher is telling me is that uh, I started doing, um, he just does the 24 form, but he breaks down the principles pretty well. Uh-huh. And uh, the Yang style 24, simplified 24 form. And she, the way he, he's done some Xing Yi and, and Bagua, and he, the way he explains it is like Xing Yi is like a freight train. You go straight, it's like a line. Like you just take down the yeah. person, like go straight down. Um, Bagua is the circle, right? Yes. Bagua is you you evade and then you twist and you can spin and attack from multiple directions. The the footwork in Bagua is quite is quite nice, very tricky. You can cut corners. There's like the kobu, which is like closed step and open step, and that that helps you know change your body direction quickly. And they have the kind of the spear hand, which helps guide your uh, attacks, and you can spear your hand in multiple directions, which you know help guide your body like snake creeps down is a, a common one where you you, you uh, creep down your leg with your hands and then you can come up and come down quickly um as so so and then there's tai chi which is the 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 rubber ball or the sp- the sphere or like basically the balloon i guess is one way to con- 
the way it was described to me by another teacher was um so that's the <laughs> it kind of reminds me of harry potter you know like the the three uh the, the invisibility cloak the wand and right the, and uh what's what's the other one the philosopher's stone yes um, yeah so so tai chi the three internal arts is the line uh xingyi the circle bagua and then the and then what fills the circle which becomes the the rubber ball or the sphere is tai chi basically if someone comp- pushes on you you can compress and expand and repel the attack right um, yeah yeah so that's my understanding and the order is like Xingyi's harder than bagua bagua is a little bit harder i guess if you want to do it relatively then tai chi in appearance and then there's tai chi yeah um but uh yeah these are these are great arts um i've yeah i haven't i from what i've seen of Xingyi, it's like it's quite yeah it looks it looks a little similar to like they do a lot of stuff on the center line, which is similar to Wing Chun, yeah. Yong Twin, uh, except they're much more like uh, driving forward, like nothing will stop you. You will continually driving forward. And there's a lot of hands going up. So one hand going up, but the other hand's going down. So the blocking, attacking in, in the same movement. Um, but anyways, uh, external arts, yeah, Taekwondo, Karate. I started in Shotokan Karate. And what's interesting, like, uh, like you mentioned, was like, uh, eventually, like all those masters that have been doing karate or taekwondo for like many years, I mean, they can't be hitting so hard all the time, but like they get softer, I guess, you know, relatively to their young, relative to their younger selves, I guess. Yeah. And and there seems to be, um, I mean, there is a higher level of black belt kata in Shotokan, whereas you you rotate your arms kind of like in a Tai Chi way where, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of it, but you, you rotate your arms and then you, um, it, it's kind of like you trap someone's arm, you uh-huh. cross their arms and you can use it as a throw, but it's very um, Tai Chi in nature, um, the way it looks like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyways. So yeah, just... I mean, it's just where you start from. It's basically all one, one spectrum. You just start from opposite ends. Right. So you think for for kids or people learning martial arts, your advice would be to start from the hard stuff, external stuff first. If you want As to get for, self-protection, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you're like five years old or six years old, I mean, Tai Chi. They told me a long time ago. I my teachers told me a long time ago that it takes about ten years before you can actually apply Tai Chi to to a fight situation <laughs> right yeah yeah to be good enough to fight with it right, i right. mean if your teacher knows how to fight with it is the other thing right right right. and then toilet fight that they said that it was made so that you could fight within six months ah you learn all the basics you do all the drills you know day to day and then within six months you should be go out there and you should be able to go out there and, and at least not embarrass yourself and not die right away right I mean, that's the same with, uh, they say that with like boxing, you know, start with, yeah. you know, boxing. It's, it's, it's pretty easy. All, the only weapons you have are what your hands and it's, you can learn all the, what are the basic punches? What, like jab, cross, hook, uppercut. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, there's variations of those, but like, that's basically it. You know, you, you can do, I guess, hook to the body, hook to the head, jab, jab you know, but, um, uh, yeah, you could probably that that's what another another practitioner told me is like yeah start with boxing do that for like a year and you you have pretty much all the basics you need from boxing and then you'll know how to fight more than most people yeah. and then 
from there, you could, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of boxers I know who train with uh, this guy, Master William Chen in New York, and they're basically trying to take their boxing to the next level. And that he's a teacher in Tai Chi. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I I think one thing that I've been thinking about martial arts is also why is it first of all it's kind of like why are there so many expressions of body movement and all these different styles right um and also why is it that some people some styles seem to click with some people and others do not like why are people so why are certain people attracted to stand-up styles or karate and maybe not so much taekwondo even though you know there's similar principles or why are certain people want to do judo instead of like grappling art versus a striking art you know and it's interesting because i think it gets to this deeper question of what connects with you and this can go to like art like why do some people gravitate towards writing or painting you know versus science and math engineering or there's people who do both you know whatever right but there seems to be a certain certain people have certain inclinations um and it's kind of a mystery you know yeah i I don't know i think that's more true these days but i think back in the old days if you notice like most there was like always a predominant type of martial arts in china at least based on the region and information didn't travel like it does now. I mean, every, everything travels so fast these days. Right. But if you're in, in the western parts of China, you're probably doing Tibetan white crane. And you're not going to have much exposure to the, to the eastern styles or the northern or the southern styles or whatever unless you travel there. And how many uh-huh. people can afford to just travel and, and go see all these other styles? Hmm... I mean that that's important. And then what's interesting is, <laughs> uh, so Chen Manqing, he's a very famous Tai Chi teacher. His student was one of his students is you know William Chen I mentioned in uh, right uh, in uh, in New York. New York. Yeah. So 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 basically, what's interesting is that Chen Manqing had multiple disciples, and they each have their mm-hmm. own schools. There's William. There's I think. Uh, uh, ben Lo, uh, Huang Xingxian, uh, Master Huang, like the, all these guys, um, these are notable students of uh, Tung Man Ching. And uh, one, one of my uh, guys I push with in the park, I do, I do Chai Chi push hands, um, he, he says, well, guess what? Each of those guys had the same teacher, but they expressed the art so differently. Same yeah. input, you know, same teacher, same input. But like completely different output. <laughs> right. I mean, ob- the principles principles are principles. They, you know, bai um, hui. You know, the hang from the you know crown of the head is is up towards heaven. Um, you you dan tian is your center of, uh, of mass, and you, you, so all of these you know principles are the same. But how they express them and how they 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 develop the their own kind of forms and adapt them. It's interesting. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, it's it's made it's made me think the martial arts in this sense has made me think of people or even like politics in a different way because it seems like wait, so who's right? Is there a right or a wrong? 
Well, that's the art part, right? Art <laughs> is like your interpretation of, of the thing that you learned. Right. And your perception of what works best or whatever it is. I know that in the old days, the teacher would actually adapt the forms or only teach certain forms to certain people with certain body types. Ah, interesting. Okay. If um, Choli Fudd has a, a vast number of forms that I think very few, if any, people know, like all 160 forms. And there are certain forms that are like more suitable for people who are long-legged. Like there's a, a continuous, a dual continuous kicking form. And those are, if you're, if you don't have the long legs, it's probably not going to look quite as good as someone who has those long legs. Uh... And if you're tall and lanky, I mean, are those tall and lanky people going to be able to do a monkey form as well as someone who's like, smaller and more agile looking? Maybe. I mean, I if, know, if you yeah. work at it. Maybe they have their own expression of it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So a lot of things used to be more adapted to the person's physical stature if they're and then i know that uh certain hand details or whatever it might be adapted to the whatever the person is you know whatever they whatever looks best mm. for that person just like fighting styles are different even if you learn hungar or choli fight and if you have a tall person versus a small person you're not going to fight the same way right no, certain no. people are gonna have strengths in different ways, uh, just like boxers, right? Boxers all learn the f- same four strikes, but if you're like an out boxer, you kind of stay from the outside because you might have the reach. And if you're in in boxer, like Mike Tyson, because you're right. shorter and stockier looking, you know your arms don't have the reach. You have to come inside. They're they're gonna apply their their knowledge differently. Mm. Yeah, I think. Uh it's kind of like you're giving these tools, right? Uh, yeah. You're you're giving these tools. It's the same tools. Uh, let's let's you know. Let's use a language example. You have the same you know, uh, A B C A twenty six. You know you know you have the same letters to use. But guess what? From those letters, you can write Shakespeare, or you can write you know trash. You know or like you know like <laughs> yeah yeah. I mean that's a very um, empirical thing. You know obviously martial arts is maybe a, a specific style has a little bit more restrictions than you know just the alpha an al- uh, uh, the alphabet of a language but um the interpretations it's uh no it's vast and it's uh, innumerable it's kind of like um so one thing from the book of five rings he says is like from 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 one comes ten thousand it's like a quote and uh, the way i interpret it is that basically the way he contextualizes it is is constantly ceaselessly practicing right and this is written by Miyamoto Musashi one of the considered the greatest samurai of all time and um you know who lived you know and it's you know it's rare but he lived to an old age you know most like a lot of samurais that were dueling or active you know died young uh, during that time um but he was able to be undefeated uh because if you were defeated, you were dead, most likely, you know, <laughs> or maimed, I guess. Um, and he contextualized by, by like, yes, from basically from whatever art you do, be it martial arts, swordsmanship, 
from that, the, the, this is the way I interpret it, the rigor and the discipline you have learned from that can be applied to 10,000 things or can be expanded to, to a numerous number of things. And another thing he mentions was um, become acquainted with every art, right? And, yeah. uh, and that's because he was also a great, uh, you know, a, a painter, a poet. Um, he practiced also calligraphy. And yeah, that's something I, I found quite interesting. It's like, uh, because all these different arts, they inform each other in a way, you know? Yeah. 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 So that's there something. Are lots of, yeah, go ahead. There are lots of great quotes from that book that you can use to when you're teaching kids and yeah. teaching students. Um, I, the, the one that I always tell my students, like, you can only fight the way you practice. And that's in the five <laughs> ranks. Because if you, if you practice like crap, yeah. your fighting is not going to be like so much better once, once the situation really arises. So, Right. Le, le, I think I've said this before. Like, um, there's that example of a, a gun instructor, a bad one, who basically said, hey, pick up the shells after you shoot, you know, after you shoot your your gun, right? Yeah. And then what happened was that his students were in a confrontation, uh, I think, in, he was teaching soldiers, so, like, um, and what ended up happening is these students were killed, and what they found in their hands was, uh, you know, the empty gun shells, right? Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. This, I don't know if this is just a... Uh, how true of a story this is it might it might just be a anecdote to like prove a point but that's from what i understand that i've i think i got this book i got this quote from uh tim ferris i believe and uh so that's that's tough man what like as that that instructor should probably be banned then <laughs> uh so yeah, you practice the way you fight. Yeah, like who? Like if you're in a firefight, you don't really have time to go clean up after yourself. <laughs> you no. know, like no, you just you gotta get get shit. Like okay, it, here's a personal example. I got in a fight in high school once, um, right. and um, it, it's funny. I, I didn't train like this. It, this was more of my own mental block. I thought, but um, some. So I was in confrontation where we exchanged some heated words. Uh, I was getting heated words with this one guy who had been like kind of insulting me, you know, talking shit about me. And I confronted him, and I spit on the ground, and some of the spit got on him, and he spit in my uh, he spit on my chest. So right. I backfisted him in the face, uh, which is a common attack. Yoriuchi, uh, 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 I think. But anyways, backfist to the to his face, and then I turned around and took my glasses off because I didn't want my glasses to get broken, and I turned back to fight him. And he punched me in the eye because oh. I had turned my back to him, you know. And Bruce right. Lee obviously says, don't ever turn your back to the opponent. Well, guess what? I didn't know. I was just, you know, I was just being dumb. And he punched me in the eye. I slipped in the mud. And he started raining punches on me. I, I at least had the forethought to, cut, forethought to cover up so the, the punches didn't really hurt me. And then when right. I, stu- and then I, when I uh, stood back up, I guess some of the, some of the, the, the police had you know when the police have come and uh uh not the police but like the on uh, on campus uh, the the high security. school security and they uh they they were there so he he just he he peeled off but uh i was still ready to fight but uh that's my kind of um uh, that sucks cuz then uh, i think people from high school kind of still remember that and they're like oh yeah. james you're the guy that got punched in the eye <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, I, from what I understand, uh, he 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 had trained a little bit of boxing, and I w- at that time I was learning Shotokan karate, and uh, my sensei, uh, one of my teachers, uh, Shihan, uh, at the time, he uh, he called me to the office because um, I guess uh, another student who went to my high school had heard about it, and he's like, "Hey, what happened?" You know. And yeah. uh, I, I was like, oh. I was pretty, I was pretty distraught about it, cause like, damn it, like I'm supposed to be, you know, I, I think I was a black, I was a first degree black belt already by that time. It was pretty embarrassing to like, to lose like that, you know. And um, yeah, and he's like, I told him what happened, and uh, so one of the tenets, the dojo kun, one of the precepts is refrain from violent behavior, right? So I, I personally failed in that. Um, but he, when I told him, like, he spit on me, he's like, well, you got to stand up for yourself. <laughs> yeah. He's like this older Japanese gentleman, great guy, um, Shion Funakoshi, Kenneth Funakoshi, and, uh, um, uh, a great, uh, he's, he's, he's older, um, and, uh, much, I think he's in his, uh, I want to say he's up there in years now, but, uh, yeah, he told me that. And I was just like, I was, I was like, yeah, uh, yeah. And I just, I was beating myself up about it. I didn't get over that for, that loss for a little while. But if anything, I what I took away from that fight was uh, presence. You know, you can't, you can't fuck around. If if there's a an impending danger in front of you, all your focus, all my focus should have been there. You know, who gives a shit yeah. if I'm wearing glasses or not? or anything all my focus is on the impending danger and diffusing it stepping you know you know as quickly as possible whatever that means either stepping away or striking the person to 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 end it quickly right um and that was a lesson i learned and also which was good because i think i i'm trying to remember the sequence of events it's been like 20 years now but there was another fight i had in high school where um I th- yeah it was uh some I was like at golf land you know freaking golf land I, you know what golf land is or no it's a miniature like, golf place yeah miniature golf place and uh it was one guy who's like I I had new I I I've seen him at school and uh and uh oh yeah yeah I think I I fought him before I think I fought him beforehand which led to the other fight but anyways, in that fight, I won. Uh, but I, I I remember why I won because I was. I he had pushed up on me like shoved me really hard, and I was like, oh, I'm not gonna. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I just did like a couple straight punches to his face, and uh-huh. basically, he's like, oh shit, I can't fuck with this kid, you know? Yeah. Because he was like shoving like they're basically like punches, you know, like shoving me yeah. super hard. I'm like, okay, you're gonna, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna kick your ass, you know, if you keep doing that. You know? um, yeah. This is something. Okay, so this kind of is gonna. This kind of segues segues to another point that I, I've been thinking about recently. And I'm interested to get your thoughts. Like Asians getting picked on. I I don't know. I grew up in a predominantly you know asian area right um but you know there and i can only there are a few times where someone like told me to go back to china when i was a kid 
Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think. Uh, oh yeah, Samoans. Samoans picked on me before because they're like they're bigger. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I think also in greater society now, and you still see this today. Um, uh, basically, like I, I, I don't, I, I don't know if I, if I'm crazy in saying this. Uh, sorry, to, you know, like, but I'm thinking, do Asians get picked on more than other races, like physically? Like probably. What was your experience like? Have you ever? Exp- I got, yeah, I got picked on. But the thing is, I think I got picked on most by other Asians when I was in eighth grade. Yeah, yeah, I've got I've, that's happened to me, of course. Yeah, the guy that the two people I fought, I mentioned to you, they were, yeah. uh, you know, either Pacific Islander or uh, Asian, you know, or Southeast Asian. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've only actually gotten to one altercation in school, and that was with another Japanese kid. Yeah. Uh, and he was just like giving me nonstop shit for like, for just variety of reasons in eighth grade in PE. I only had this kid in PE class, and then one day I, I just got tired of it. He was like in the locker room just talking shit, and I just started, you know, I punched him a couple times, and then yeah. I tagged him on the face, and you know he punched me back, but on the shoulder. But I like, I just tagged him on the face a couple times, and then the next day he didn't talk to me, and he moved away. <laughs> he moved his locker. Yeah, yeah. And that was before I even knew how to fight. So. Yeah. Um... Oh, that was before Choi Foot. Yeah, I after learning Choi Foot, I've only come close a couple times, but nothing ever came of it. One time was at a house party in, in college. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and this I was talking to a student. I mean, she was a student at, at my college, but she was also a student at Kung Fu School. We were just talking outside, and this guy came up and was like, "Hey, you want to dance to the to the student, right?" And I was like, "You know, what am I going to say? I'm not going to say anything." Because you know, I I don't I don't really uh, you're not allowed to fraternize with uh, the students really from your own school, yeah, own kung fu school, yeah. And then when he got turned away and walked away, I was like, hey, did you want to dance with me? She goes, oh no, it's okay. And the guy like turned around, he's like, what did you say? What did you say? I was like, oh, this is like a prime opportunity to try my kung fu because <laughs> I was still young. I was like, oh, but don't do student, it. Yeah, yeah, there's a student here, and we we're like practicing like to like not say or you know try to fight or whatever yeah it's like oh yeah nothing man nothing because yeah i thought so I was like, and he walked away i was like oh. uh. it was like so it's it's like a, such a huge blow to the ego but at the same time do you really want to get into a fight and then plus the guy i thought he was like friends with the guy who was throwing the house party and i knew the guy who was throwing it i was like oh man i i don't want to like beat up the who's also another kung fu student i was like oh, i don't want to beat him up yeah like, oh. but you were yeah, you were itching really for good. it though yeah oh yeah. yeah you were itching for it, i can tell <laughs> and I, I just like uh, think about it all the time i was like oh so who knows he might but, have been uh, really good though <laughs> yeah that's true you never know and the danger of fighting is like um with our you know with our, our interview with robert j arnold there's however slim there is always a possibility of someone getting seriously hurt or worse death like yeah because you hit someone they fall back and they hit their head on a, a brick wall or the edge of a wall or, of something yeah. like there there's there's always always that chance you know yeah um so that's why you know in, Sh- in shodokan uh they say like refrain from violent behavior 
um, Genshin Funakoshi like, in his book Karate yeah. Do he he shares how like like how one of his teachers were like they, they, there were these there was this like gang of Japanese this is in Japan so there's a gang of people that were like um, you know uh, they're looking for trouble and they had heard they were looking for trouble so they took uh, so after they finished practice Kinchin Funakoshi and his teacher they, they took the long way home because they knew that gang would be loitering that the specific street you know look, trying to challenge them right and uh, yeah. and so they took the long way and they and then they heard something so they hid like they hid like I think in the bushes or something and they w- waited until the group passed and Gin and, and like it's it's kind of similar it's like like uh, Funakoshi was like wait why don't we just like take them on you know <laughs> but yeah. his his teacher's like we would kill them <laughs> like we would like totally destroy them or like there's no honor in that right because yeah. they're untrained hooligans. Like, what's the point of, like, you know, taking out, you know, unless they were, like, a threat to the society at large. But I think they were just trying to challenge the karate students or something. So, like, right. um, um, there, there is something to be said about, um, like, going back to standing up for yourself. Like, hey, like, basically, if you don't stand up th- to this bully, this bully is not only going to bully you again, but another person or if it's racially motivated they'll bully another asian again you know right and that's something i'm aware of that's something i i think about you know um like just the other day i was at the starbucks and there's it's he's like he looked like a homeless guy he had a huge backpack on and he smelled so basically i went to the bathroom i checked to see if it was locked it was locked and I stepped away. I was waiting. And then this guy with this huge backpack comes out and says, Hey, you just trying to open this, man? I'm like, uh, well, I, I saw that was locked. So, yeah, I was just trying to use the restroom. I didn't know you were in there. So I'm, I'm just waiting. He's like, dude, I can sense you. You know, I can sense you there. Like, the hell? <laughs> and he goes back to the bathroom. And then he comes out a little bit later. He's like, you know, like, and he's like, man, shh fucking or like he says something under his breath i didn't hear it and i go into the restroom and you know what he does he knocks on the door and shakes the door while i'm in the bathroom uh yeah i don't pay any mind oh well first of all i got super fucking angry i was about to like push the door open and like kick him you know but i calmed down and i started thinking about um basically compassion like uh there's probably a reason why he's this way you know yeah he he is probably i don't i don't think his parents were probably nice to him if he has parents you know um he seems like he's economically distraught and uh this is a way that he has engaged with the world um so when i so i took my time you know, I, I didn't feel rushed. I didn't rush myself. I just did my thing, even though he's knocking on the door or whatever. And then I step out and he looks at me. I look at, and, you know, I don't look at him. I just, and I just walk away, you know? Yeah. I, com- I completed what I wanted to do, <laughs> you know, go to the bathroom. Right. And all he can do is shake the door, but that doesn't really affect, you know, that annoys, that's annoying, but it's not really. And as I was walking away, I was thinking to myself, 
should I have said something? Should I have like, should I fucked with, should I fucked with him a little bit more? Like maybe I should have opened the door and said, Hey, did you need something? And then, and then close the door again or something like that. I don't know. Um, now that I think about it, I do think that I should have maybe expressed in some way that this was not behavior he should engage with other people, you know? Um, at the same time, I don't know. Could, I, I didn't want to escalate the situation because, like, right. uh, he, I don't know. He could have had a knife or something or whatever, and I don't know. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? That those kind of encounters, I guess. Yeah, as long as you can do your thing, you know, take care of that. That's a priority, right? If you have to use the restroom, you got to go use the restroom and not worry about other people. And once that's done, you can say something, but I mean what's the reality of the situation are you going to see this guy again you know is it going to really help anything i mean i don't want him to do it to another person you know like yeah that's for sure yeah 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 but if he's like mentally unstable which he sounds like he is yeah yeah is that really going to make a difference if you actually do anything probably not yeah probably not so um yeah it's tough um like because i talked to a friend recently and then he said he was like wandering around the park with his ex-girlfriend and this guy just this two guys like came up to him and like was blocking his way and they were high and stuff yeah and he was trying to talk himself out of it and his his girlfriend at the time was like hey no let's just go let's just go and then the guy started escalating and started blocking him more and then so the, the these guys are high they're obviously looking to get into a fight Later on, he learns that those guys were getting their asses kicked by some other people because they were just looking to get, you know, looking for trouble. Yeah. But once they get, once they come off their high, are they going to remember everything? I don't know. And then once they get high again, are they going to do the same thing? Probably. Are they really going to learn? I don't know. I don't think so. Hmm. And is and the other question is is it our job to teach them? You know, <laughs> is well, it is yeah. it is it our job to like put ourselves in danger to like teach them a lesson or whatever? Um, I think there's certain responsibility as martial artists to like diffuse these situations. You know, like yeah. I'll tell you one thing. Now that I've gotten better at martial arts, and this is something um, maybe you can attest to. It's like. Uh, that need to prove like oh I, I could totally take this guy you know like yeah like what's the point you know like um cause like I yeah it's just like what what is the honor in like defeating someone who has no training you know and if they do yeah. have yeah and or if, if they do have training like I guess it's like okay the, the, here's a question for you when should you when when should you use martial arts uh, wait, wait. like the, the act of kicking punching grappling whatever when should you use martial arts well definitely when you get attacked right when you could totally tell that there's no way to defuse the situation and especially if you're you're protecting someone else yeah like if if i'm out with my family with my kids and some guys obviously acting crazy i gotta like you know make sure my kids are okay and as soon as they make a threatening gesture towards my kids, then obviously something's going to go down. But if they're just like yapping away, and I'm a, I'm a very bad um, talker. I, I don't talk back really well. 
I once told some kid, uh, so told some friends of mine. I was like, I mean, I leave the talking to my wife. My wife's really good at at talking to you know, and she's very good at arguing. She should have been a lawyer. <laughs> and then I, I go, I don't talk. I just rumble. You know, if, <laughs> if the if it happens, it happens. But obviously, you don't want to do that because. They they could always land a lucky punch, or you might not be as good as you think you are, or the other people they might have some training. So, and then to answer your question again, just like it, like everyone tells you, it's self defense. Yeah, self defense. Um, it's way more challenging to go and spar with people who know how to fight, and that's that's where the fun is, right? The challenge of it all, and if you know that you can like get good licks in with someone who has training, you know they're ready for it. Then obviously someone who's not prepared for a fight, like physical interactions with kicks and punches and whatnot, they're not going to have as much of a chance as someone who's already prepared and ready for what whatever you're going to throw at them. Right. It's it's it, it, yeah. Um, I I think about uh, st- some stuff in the news lately has been about you know, violence happening, right? Um, yeah. Either it be mass shootings. Um, there's one, uh, there's one uh, female uh, international student. She was killed in t- 2017 quite brutally by um, uh, this, uh, a, a, a graduate physics student. Um, and uh, so, but like basically he, some, he got her in the car like I guess yeah. say hey do you need a ride like I'm an undercover cop or some shit like that and she's like an international student and maybe she wasn't privy to like you know I don't know how America works she had only been in America for like a few months like three months or something um, and uh, it's it's pretty gruesome like what he did to her like she's they still can't find the body right and uh, her name's Zhang Yingying um, it's quite it's a big news story especially in china it didn't get too much press it got a little bit of press here but it was bigger i don't think they want to publicize it too much because it's it's going to scare away you know international students you know that's that's which is like they should publicize this kind of stuff because international students especially female international students they have to be aware of like dude america's America be, can be fucking dangerous. Like, let's be real. Like, well, yeah. especially now. I mean, they. Who was it? Amnesty International or UNICEF? Well, I think it's Amnesty International. They released a, a travel warning to come to the U.S. Yes, <laughs> I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but going back to your point, I mean, do Asians get picked on more? Uh, I don't know. I, it goes back to the whole Asian men being emasculated, right? Or not yeah, as yeah, yeah, very yeah. masculine. Right. Yeah. Um, which is kind of like why, like, I know we've talked about this, uh, but, like, part, you know, that's part of the reason, like, why, why martial arts is so attractive, particularly to Asian men. Like, one, it's from our culture, and it's it, it's effective. And also, in a way, it's, like, it's it boosts our masculinity, you know. I don't right. know if that's, like, maybe that's an unconscious reason, but, like, or some people's conscious reason, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, for you, it seems like it was just something you, you took to or you really enjoyed, yeah. Well, I, I used to watch those kung fu movies yeah. all the time. Uh, all the jo- old Jackie Chan movies, all those you know black belt theaters or on weekends. 
I enjoyed those things and I was like, oh, I want to learn how to do some of these things too because back then there weren't that many superhero TV shows other than Power Rangers. And even This was even predated to Power Rangers. So what else? Those guys were doing like superhero heroic things, right? I saw a movie where the guys were like practicing kung fu on spears. I was like, oh, that guy's awesome. <laughs> they jumped really high or something crazy. And so they, they were kind of like superheroes. And I was like, oh, is this possible? And that's what I wanted to learn. I was like, I want to be, I want to learn how to do like superheroic things. Yeah. Um, can you do superhero things now or? No, I, I can't. I can't. <laughs> There's no way I'm going to be fighting on spears or jumping like 10 feet in the air. But you could do, uh, you could do finger pushups though. Yeah. Uh, not anymore. I'm like out of practice. <laughs> but if you punch someone, it's going to hurt a lot more than it did before. Right? Yeah. It's going to. It's going to be directed and you know targeted strikes, all those things. I even when I was doing punches today, it was kind of embarrassing. I was like missing the guy's hand. I was like, oh crap! And then like the second second set of punches, like okay, I can hit them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I was like, then the ego kicks in because I ha- it's been so long since I've actually hit something. Then you're just like all strength and rather than like the relaxed power. Ah. Uh... I, like, oh. I was like, oh crap! I'm not like doing this correctly. <laughs> I'm I'm a being a very bad model to my kid. <laughs> no, nah, you you just you just got dust the uh, dust the dust off. That's yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you heard about the USC students? Like, there's a Chinese student that was beaten to death. No. Yeah. Well, probably. Yeah, I was just looking up uh, some stuff about it just right now, but like, uh, I had heard about it like through other people, but yeah, yeah, there was a USC student from China. Um, and uh, let me see. G. So here's like okay. Uh, Albert Akoa is the fourth person convicted in the. This is from the L.A. Times. Convicted in the 2014 attack on the 24-year-old engineering student Shin Ren G. Um, Akoa and three others attacked G while trying to rob him as he was walking home from a study group near the USC campus on June 24, 2014. G was beaten with a wrench and a baseball bat. After the attack, G staggered to his off-campus apartment and was later found dead. Yeah. Well, see, in that case, I mean, that's not just like picking on Asians because they're like emasculated or whatever. That's just, they were just looking for an easy target. You don't like use a wrench and a bat for someone that you think you could beat easily with your hands yeah but like the other thing is um something i was i was watching this ted talk about martial arts earlier and he made a good point he he's all about women empowerment and uh he and he he made this example of like if a man a sexual you know uh assaulter wants to assault a female he's gonna when he's looking for a target um you know he's looking for a girl who's maybe not really paying attention is is on her phone and basically he wants to surprise her basically you're looking for vulnerable victims right and um let's be honest international students you know yeah are not really well self-aware or aware of their surroundings right and they don't know the and also if something happens to them if a girl gets raped and survives how what are what are the what are the systems to protect her like wh- who's she going to reach out to the police and like how she do that or to her counselor like and there's a language barrier you know like yeah it's just more difficult you know uh, like when i remember living in taiwan which is super safe but i was sh- you know if something happens 
I'm I would I would call my aunt, you know? <laughs> yeah. Cuz I I was lucky cuz I have family in Taiwan. Like if I didn't have that that support structure like, oh yeah, what happened? Oh, I was in Australia once. So luckily I speak, you know, they just speak English there, but um my girlfriend got at the time got robbed, right? And yeah. it was it wasn't like an altercation. They had somehow sneaked by, you know, snatched her uh, her, her her purse. And um so like I what did I do? So I, w- I went to the front desk and they spent time trying to get the tape. And then I went to the police, but like I, it, it would have been 10 times harder for my girlfriend, my, at the time who was Taiwanese to do any of that. I was basically taking care of it for her, you know, like being the communication with the, because of the language, uh, it's more, you know, and also like, uh, Oh, this one time I got cheated out of the payment. Uh, from working this job in Australia and I had to go online research the the ombudsman you know like <laughs> basically uh, uh, I could uh, I could send an application to the ombudsman in Australia so that they can send a letter to the company that did not give me money uh, f- like they would do like a uh, a letter of um, you know protest or something and then it would might go to court or some shit do like no international student wants to deal with that shit, man. <laughs> like, like, uh, yeah. and, or understands those systems, you know? Um, so, yeah. And, and I think, like you said, like Asians, we're always seen, well, there's this, the sense of otherness, like we're others. And also the men are not as strong and who knows? I don't know what their motivations were. Um, right. The, the people that, that, that killed, uh, um, Chi, I mean, but uh, yeah, look. Uh, I mean, another counterpoint, and this is another stereotype: is I, I had a black uh, classmate in high school say, like, "Yeah, I don't want to mess with uh, Asian dudes because I think they know kung fu." <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's like uh, I don't know. Uh, but at the same time, I, I do think some some Asian people are targeted because also the. Everyone thinks Chinese people are rich, you know? Um, right. And a lot of these international students, let's be real, come from family because that's the reason why they can be sent to right. international school. Uh, however, in the case of Zhang Yingying, it's such a terrible, like, she came from a working-class family. She got a scholarship. Um, she was engaged. Uh, it's it's just really, it's really terrible. Um and one thing I heard from another podcast about yellow fever, you know, yeah, is that if you want to take yellow fever like to its ugliest degree, oh, okay, so so what we see usually is like, oh, these guys totally love Asian chicks and they love like anime and stuff like that. Um, but if you want to take it to the ugliest degree, it's basically saying, I don't see this person as a human; they're just a there's this there's a sexual object that i want to fucking and then kill like, right i'm sorry but like that's the that's the taking yellow fever to its to its ugliest uh core i mean would you agree well i, I mean that's just the whole thing about objectifying you don't see the person as a person you just see them as an object and i i, I and um this is really personal to me in the sense that I have a niece, a newborn niece, and I, if if I'm going to be involved in her life in any way, 
she's got to learn how to protect herself, man. Like, yeah, this is it's. This is okay. It's tough. This is is, is this gets me a little emotional. It's like, like sometimes I'll be on dates, right? And or no, or when I, uh, here's a better example. Like if I'm trying to like approach a woman that looks attractive or interesting, uh, this has happened where it's like you know this this sense of what what the fuck is this guy doing? Is he gonna try to kill me? Right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to come off that way, but like some women are over like. They've trained themselves to be that because I don't know maybe they they've been attacked before, or whatever yeah. their story is, and I remember this like my my friend's sister she grew up in a fairly she grew up the same town as me and she's like you know I'm pretty you know optimistic and stuff and I met her years later like after she had been to like L A and tried to do like the acting thing here and she was and her personality had been had become so jaded like so like. Um, like the world is not all bright and happy. Right. She didn't say it, but that's the feeling I got from her from the way she spoke, talking about like, oh, some of, you know, her experiences and like, I, I don't know. It's I don't think it's mutually exclusive, but basically it would be great in a world where like people can still maintain that kind of childlike innocence and happiness, right? Yeah. But at the same time, we also live in a world where you can be pulled into a car, raped, and decapitated, or stabbed to death and beat to death. That's an also that's also part of this world. So yeah. so what what do you have to what do you I mean the probability of that is low, but it's not zero. It's definitely not zero, you know. Yeah. So how? So what do you teach? You know, I mean, like. What, I don't know. It, I don't know what my brother's going to do to teach his daughter. But, like, I, the, the obvious thing is, and something that my parents taught me, is that this world, this world is cruel. My dad and my mom told me, my, my, more so my dad, but my, my dad told me, like, James, at a very young age, he told me, like, James, this is a cruel world. You have to look out for yourself. You can't trust anyone. And, uh, you know, you have, yeah, yeah. And he told me like the lion, <laughs> the lion stands alone, you know, uh-huh. uh, which is I don't think that's completely biologically true. I think they actually they 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 they're in packs and stuff like that. But um, uh, it's kind of like it. I was a pretty happy kid. I, my grandparents helped raise me as well, and yeah, I was really happy go lucky. But and um, and I as a high schooler, I used to, or a middle school. I used to like help my other uh, a friend and I would go around to neighbors and knock on the doors and say, "Hey, we'll wash your car for like five, ten bucks or whatever." And my dad, I remember my dad pulled me aside because we were helping this old guy and we he kept he liked our services so he kept calling us or he we kept going back to him and he my dad pulled me aside and he said, "James, is that old man touching you at all?" And I was like, "Wait, I don't. What do you mean by touching? Like, he's like, is he trying to?" <laughs> I was like in middle school and he's like is he does he did you touch your private area? Yeah. I was like what the hell is my dad talking like no, of course not. Like that's weird. You know? And I by that time I'm I'm you know, I'm not like a kid kid but I have some understanding of sexuality but like not to the point of like when I was in high school but like and I I get where my dad's coming from, you know? Like Yeah. This is a world where kids get molested and like but it made me like 
kind of paranoid. It, it, I don't, it hurt a little bit my worldview a little bit. And that's part of the reason why he took us and he start, we started in karate, you know? Yeah. And uh, to, to wrap this up, uh, yeah, I, uh, um, yeah, when my first, my first sensei who passed away, rest in peace, uh, Sensei Leonard Lafferty, um, he was my first sensei and uh, super, and basically, <laughs> I don't know, it, it was as if my dad and him had spoken to each other or something, because like, this guy was super strict, you know? And he, he taught us that, yes, this world's not fair. <laughs> like, he would hit us with a shinai. Like, not across right. the face or anything, but he'd hit us, like, if our stances were not low enough, he'd hit our thighs, okay? And say, right. get lower, you know? Get that horse stance lower. He would he would walk on our stomachs. And I'm like, at this age, I'm like, what, 10 or something? You know, like, he'd walk on our stomachs and stuff like that. And this is like a 40-year-old man, you know? Yeah. Um, and... Uh, one time we were doing a kihon, which is like um, the the punching sequences or kicking sequences, and I'm like I'm I'm beat right, and I'm, I have my hands on my knees, I'm I'm hunched over, and he looks at me like James, are you taking a shit? Stand up straight, <laughs> and I'm like oh fuck, so I stand up straight, and uh, I I didn't know this, but my sister, so my brother and sister took uh, karate with me at the time, and my <laughs> and uh, he. Like, uh, he would be in the back smoking sometimes between classes. Uh-huh. And um, he'd tell my sister, hey, Cindy, uh, here's, like, here's a few dollars. Go to Taco Bell. There's, like, Taco Bell nearby. Go get me a, a Diet Coke, you know? <laughs> and then she, and then he's like, oh, so don't smoke. Smoking's terrible for you. And then he'd, like, take a puff of his cigarette. <laughs> Lovely. Lovely. Um, but he, he, he worked in law enforcement and... Um, Later, when I saw him later, in, uh, I think at a, when I went back to karate in high school, I took a break from, from elementary and like some middle school, I think middle school or something. And then, uh, oh shoot, I did, the, I did the car washing thing like in elementary. But anyways, so middle school, took a break, went back in high school because I, I felt that urge to go back. But Sensei Lafferty, I think he, he instilled in me like, yeah, there's, not, there's some people in the world that he was not nice to us. He's not our friend. He's there to discipline us and make us stronger. And also, there's this conscious. Looking back, I, I love the guy. It, it wasn't like spiteful, you know? There was a sense yeah. of like he, the intention behind it, even though it's not spoken. Even as kids, you can understand that he's trying to make us better, you know? Right. And also, that guess what? There's people out there. You, why are we punching and kicking? Because there's, pe- <laughs> there's people that will kill you if you don't defend yourself. Right. You know? Uh, he told me, like, when as a police officer, like, you have to, like, one thing he learned from cars, like, whenever you approach a car, he'd, 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 he'd stop cars all, you know? Whenever, that might be the time you might die. So you have to approach with full presence and full awareness. And you have to have your hand. You don't get too close to the car because that guy could grab you and stab you in the neck, you know. Right. And um, I want. I'm. I'm curious to get your thoughts on it because, like, you're raising kids, and like, those are two very. Those are two extreme worldviews. This world is cruel. This world is happy. 
guess what? They both exist in this world. You, there's a beautiful, this beautiful world is beautiful, but at the same time, we also live in a world where terrible, horrendous things happen. So like, what worldview do you share with your kids? Because from my understanding, the safest thing, it's kind of like the argument of like heaven or hell, right? Like, oh, if there's a heaven, might as well like, you know, live a good life so you can get there, even if it doesn't exist, right? It's similar in the way that this world is bad. You can die, get murdered. Uh, so you might as well teach that because at least your kids will be like be aware and constant of it. But the the downside of that is that, guess what? <laughs> this world is cruel, unsafe, and all that happy-go-lucky stuff. Guess what? There's a very dark side to it, uh, to this world as well. I don't know. Anyways, any thoughts or yeah? You know? I haven't approached those things yet. Uh, like, I'm just teaching like really basic things right now as far as like safety is concerned but i mean the, the day will come when i have to talk to him about it or both my kids and make sure that they're not doing anything stupid to put themselves in a bad situation to be honest i mean why don't you, why 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 not talk about it now because uh, there are child molesters out there yeah there's, there are yeah, they are um, and but the thing is you have to understand their comprehension level is not there yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. They can understand these people are going to do bad things to them. Like we tell them, as well as the doctors tell them, that their private parts are their private parts, and the doctors can only see their private parts with a parent in the room. Okay, good, good, good. So those things are already happening. But like, do you actually go into more detail about what those bad things are? Nah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's inappropriate right now. I mean, you just got to tell them you got, you, they have to be sure that no one else is seeing their private parts. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, uh, um, yeah. And like these things, the other, why, why, why are there, why are there bad people in the world? Or why are there people that do these things, right? Um, and I think a lot of it comes from they they were, you know, some of them are psychopaths. They were born psychopaths, so they're like my understanding is psychopaths are people with certain uh, a genetic deficiency that they have no capability of empathy, so yeah. that they they seek out thrill through um, the destruction of others, um, right. and. Uh, so the those people can be trained in sort of like uh positive reinforcement where like oh instead of trying to kill someone if you're nice to them i'll give you like this uh, piece of chocolate or something like that um like trying to teach positive re reinforcement so they their 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 tendencies could be diminished but they're still that ability for empathy i don't think it, it could ever be regained unless they have some sort of chemical way to do that um and then the most the majority of others that destroy and hurt other people people's lives they're acting out of like their own like their own traumas their own um because let's be real uh i train in jujitsu now right and it's been quite surprising that just in the span of last week i've met two practitioners that have been to prison I didn't know okay. that. I didn't know they went to prison. Actually, three of them. I, I now that I've trained with, I didn't know that. But I guess they've been to prison. Um, 
now you know some you know some of them were uh black and hispanic so it might there might be a racial socioeconomic reason to that um and but what i find interesting about martial arts the uh, one of my friends i met uh recently i hadn't seen in like 20 years he used to train shotokan with me he's a, a black gentleman he had he had he was at his lowest point you know one of his lowest points in his life and it, if it wasn't for sensei lafferty like like him finding that dojo or karate who knows whether he he would have done either to himself or to others you know right and that's i think if anything if there's any takeaway from this podcast is that there's such um if you have the right intent and the right teachers martial arts this it can fucking save you like i know for me whenever i get super down or depressed i can always do the forms or i i can always do i i can always do martial arts to make myself even if it's incrementally infinitesimally better at least i'm a little bit better than that dark point where i, I was just at you know right yeah yeah and there's a certain confidence or this certain thing where like if i step in a room uh or in a situation th- i have some training to handle it it's maybe not all i'm i'm never going to be 100 percent ready for any sort of altercation but at least i had martial arts has helped me be better in whatever situation yeah yeah any any thoughts on that dan or yeah I mean, martial arts can be applied in so many different ways, but um, the primary reason I'm sending my kids to Kung Fu school is is to make them, like I said before, is to figure out hardship. Not hardship, but like uh, working hard, learning to work hard. And the school that I, I'm sending them to, you know, does clicks off all those points. They're pretty good. I, it's a bonus point for me that they, they're doing Hungar and Choli Fut. Yeah. Especially Choli Fut, something I already know. Yeah. So, different lineage, but yeah. In any case, yeah. Uh, you know, martial arts are good. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of these guys that come out of prison or something like, it's a way to work out. The, the a lot of these, a lot of these people were not born this way. They were not born to go to prison. No one wants to go to prison, you know. Yeah. But whatever the circumstances, their parents or whatever, they got, they were sent there. Um, um, are they still responsible for their actions? Yes, people are still responsible for their their actions. Uh, people are still accountable, but there should also be a, a a point of rehabilitation and compassion. And I think if history has shown, martial arts has always been has has a huge positive impact because it's it's a very productive way to get out that anger. A lot of these men, a lot of these women, yes, are super angry that do these terrible things or 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 do things that get them into prison. And martial arts is a very productive way to physically manifest these these uh, uh, this tension, this internal tension, you know. Um, and in a in a way that's you know. Hopefully non-violent. Like, you know, you when you spar, I don't know what you do, but like, if when I when I try, so I'm not trying to kill the person. I'm trying to like 
get better with the technique and like oh i landed that shot but i'm not going full power there's some that's another whole subject of like training sparring full power but basically yeah you're trying to spar in a way that you you can still train with that person tomorrow you know <laughs> right yeah 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 um and uh yeah but it's interesting because a lot Sparring of these, a lot of white belts timing yeah 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 it's about yeah. timing learning the timing and the approaches i think and then the that adrenaline rush that you, that kicks in of like you might get hit and like get hurt it helps with the, everything else like just you just practice get you get a chance to practice some of the things that you're doing so question for you if you yeah ran a school would you let white belts or beginners spar no okay i think we talked about this but yeah yeah uh, uh i don't know if we have but no i i my my original school didn't allow that and i know why it's because beginners they don't have any control like with their punches and their kicks they might like punch really low or you know or kick really low and that's really dangerous with like knees and stuff oh yeah 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 if they have no control over that just like i mean with grappling it there's it's very hard not to like just have them do that right away but at the same time do i want kids grappling because it someone's gonna get hurt especially people who don't know when to stop yeah 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 i i've been kneed in the head before by white belts and, and grappling like hey man this is not striking you know like yeah you know like they have a there's a wild elbow or a wild knee and uh I mean, in a way, it's part of the training too, you know, like you have to be able to like, but at the same time, it's like, maybe they should learn some of the basics before they get into, to the grappling, you know, because right. we're, th- we're thinking about long-term uh, cultivation, you know, yeah, because a lot of these people, they come in like, this one sparring match is life or death. <laughs> Like, if I don't win this, I suck as a person and I hate myself. So they're trying to win at all costs. But that's, um, yeah, that's not that's not what martial arts is about, you know. I, I remember just recently there's a new guy in our judo class and <laughs> my teacher, like, had to yell at him. It's like, this is not the street. You, I mean, like... Okay, fair enough. You can use this in the street if it happens. You know, God forbid if you have to use this in um, the street. But he told the guy, like, when we do randori or sparring, this is not the street. We're trying to get better. This is martial arts, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the arts part of it is that it's cultivation, perfection, like seeking perfection, you know? Um, I guess uh, let's wrap it up. I'll, I'm going to end with one thing, and then I guess we can go language corner. Did you have anything you want to end with, or uh, wrap? Um, yeah, any final p- thoughts? No, I no. Oh, oh, I do have a question though. Yeah, yeah. Which versions of like Book of Five Rings and The Art of War do you read? Do you prefer? There's so many variations. Uh, I read this old school. <laughs> I got this Book of Five Rings from my dad, and it was like, uh, let me see if I can find it. Book of Five Rings, and it was like for business. <laughs> Uh huh. I know that one. Yeah. And it's like a picture of Musashi, like, uh, and and yeah. and, and, and a, a businessman, a white business, you know. And yeah. uh, I think it was called Book of Five Rings for Executives or something like that, or uh, that might, have, or uh, I'm trying to find. That's, uh, but anyways, the main thing, yeah, I, uh, 
I'm not sure. Um, the Art of War, I read that a long time ago. I, 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 to be honest, I don't know what translation it was. Yeah. Do, do you have a preference? Yeah, actually, uh, I don't know who this person is. I mean, he's a martial artist. But um, Stephen Kaufman is like the best versions of both books I've had. Oh, Stephen Kaufman. Let me look him up. Okay. S-T-E-P-H-E-N. Oh, with a P-H. Okay. Yeah. All right. Stephen Kaufman. Yeah. Two Fs. One F. One F. Kaufman. Stephen Kaufman. Uh oh yeah I see it Musashi's Book of Five Rings the definitive interpretation of Miyamoto Musashi's classic book of strategy. Okay. Yeah. So he gets your endorsement. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Th- those are great. I've read them. I've read both of them a couple times and yeah those were the best. I actually got my original copy from a student. He gave it to me as a gift. Um. Did you have time? Did you did you want to say anything about the Book of Five Rings or the Otter War? Uh, no, other than they're really good reads. <laughs> I, I will part one one other quote from the Book of Five Rings that I remember really well. It says, "No one is invincible; therefore, no one can teach you that which would make you invincible." Ah, yeah, interesting. So all those people who tell you how to no one is that they can make you into like a superhuman yeah. being. Yeah. Yeah. It's not possible, yeah. So But he does say possible. that <laughs> he does say like the way you fight um what was it? Like the way you fight one man is the same you like if you if you can defeat one man, you mm-hmm. can defeat a hundred. If you if you practice tire like the way that you defeat one man is the same way you can defeat a hundred, I think is what he's trying to is the is the interpretation I got. Um I, I think what he was pointing out was like the ceaseless training and the um, oh, there's oh one quote I want to leave with for, from the Book of Five Rings I remember was that uh, the way you walk down the street is the same that way as you walk through a battlefield is that you're still you're always right. calm and alert there's a always yeah. Uh, yeah calmness and alertness because so it's not this alertness is not the kind that we think of like completely anxious and paranoid all the time. It's a certain calmness because it, it's counterintuitive, but like being calm makes you more uh, perceptive and also right. uh, better able to react, you know, with presence. Whereas if you're constantly paranoid or, or, or anxious, you actually miss a lot of things, you know, or you you uh, right. Huang uh, is like you 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 overfocus uh uh which is a Chinese saying meaning oh you're focused on the mantis the bird um the small bird is focused on the mantis but there's a big bird behind you that's gonna eat you <laughs> you know like right um, yeah yeah so whereas if you're calm you could see the bigger picture yeah yeah um uh and cool um i need i mean art of war i one quote that kind of was that's you know it's it's been repeated many times but like know your enemy and know yourself you can't just know your enemy because you'll still get defeated you can't just know yourself and not know your enemy because you're gonna still get defeated you have to know both yourself and your enemy in war you know and uh in a way if you want to get philosophical about this, um, 
going back to that one episode where we say you you are your own worst enemy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you gotta know yourself first. Oh well, you have to know yourself uh, because sometimes you're your own worst enemy. You know, you your mind gets in the way, and then from that, it helps you understand know others, and um, and realize that you know. And this Abraham Lincoln is like you know the best way to defeat an enemy is make them your friend. You know. Um, right, which is similar to another art of war saying, which is subdue your enemy without fighting. You know, the best, the best art of the highest art of war is to defeat your enemy without fighting. Right, fighting yes. without fighting. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, last thing I end with is the dojo kun. This is something that I learned as a kid uh, growing up, um, and then from there we can end with a uh, language corner. Uh, so I learned in Shotokan Karate uh, as a child, and one thing that we always repeated at the end of class was uh, the Dojo Kun, which is like the like precepts. And uh, first, uh-huh. the first one we said was, uh, I like. Do you guys had that uh, in Hungar or uh, Shoyla Foot, or would you like repeat no. something at the end? Oh, okay. So this. Oh is- yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 We, we kind of. Uh, here I'll say yeah. mine, and then uh, I'd be curious to hear yours, but. Uh, so the first one we would say is seek perfection of character. Jinkaku kansei ni tsutmuri koto. So seek perfection of character. So these were written. Uh, it's a. It's. Um, it may be. I think they're affiliated to Ginshin Funakoshi. Uh, though there's. I think there's some debate about the actual source. But um, the first thing we say is seek perfection of character, and that's always been. For in my mind. I've always seen martial arts, even at a young age, not just as a physical pursuit, but as a pursuit of character, because that's the first thing that we say. I didn't quite understand it as a kid, but I think I understood it as a more when I went back into high school. It's like these punches, these kicks, these katas. What the hell is all this for? Is it just to fight? Uh, no, I think it's it's something deeper. Is it's perseverance in the face of adversity. You're tired, but you still push through. Um, you're training not just your body, but by training the body, you're also training your spirit, your 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 mind, grit. Um, yeah. The next thing is called be faithful. Um, the way it's interpreted is, uh, I guess, loyalty. Uh, be faithful. Like one thing uh, that always kept back certain practitioners I, I saw in Shotokan and other martial arts was that. They're always like, well, what happens if the guy throws a kick like this, or he punches you like this, or he grabs you like, you know, you know these guys? Like, so doubtful of the art, right? It's, it's good right. to be skeptical of like, okay, it'd be good to like experiment. But if you don't even know how to throw a punch, and then you're talking about, well, what if the punch comes at, you know, well, first of all, learn how to throw a fucking punch, you know? <laughs> yeah. Know? be faithful like trust the art like trust that this art has been around for hundreds or is based on uh, art from thousands of years that there's probably someone's probably thought of that you know but and somehow right. by training deeply in the art there you should have some faith in that and also in your your teachers um there are you know there are some teachers are better than others but at least get something take something from it you know um have some faith in in the art that you're practicing. Yeah, uh, endeavor, 
which means effort, dedication, commitment. That ties back to uh, you know seek perfection of character to in order to reach higher level in the art or any. You have to have in, to endeavor. You have to put in the effort. Uh, respect others is the next precept. Uh, yeah, just etiquette. This is kind of loosely based on. This is kind of based on Confucian ideals where you show etiquette to someone higher you know higher belt you say senpai or if it's a sensei sensei or if it's like the grandmaster the shihan um this is something i learned as a kid like uh uh, respecting authority but at the same time like uh it, it even people lower than you you know like respect to everyone um yeah 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 um because by you well, showing respect to others means you show respect to yourself because you're treating other people the way you want to be treated. Is how I interpret right. it. Yeah. And the last one is refrain from violent behavior, which I mentioned earlier about the Kitchen for Nikoshi story. Uh, the precept was yeah, refrain from violent behavior. To the to attack the weak is a distinct is a is a, a to attack someone weaker than you is a show of weak character or poor character. Going back to seek perfection of character. To to engage in violent behavior for the sake of violent behavior shows a, a certain level of insanity or a level of um, you know acting out your own trauma on others. Not cool, you know. They say yeah. uh, the sign of someone's character is how they treat someone weaker than them, and I believe that. Like. You're not gonna, yeah. There's a there's this kid in judo. He's 17, and I throw him around all the time. But I never like try to. But I always make it a learning lesson. Like, it, it, once he gets me in something, I'm like, hey, you know, you could do this. Shift your weight this way. You could throw me. And he's like, oh, he tries it and he does it. I let him do it. You know. Yeah. I don't try to dominate and beat up on him all the time. You know. Um. That's so. That's yeah. I don't try to be violent towards him because I can. But that's um. Anyways, uh, any last thoughts on martial arts before we go to uh, Liam's Corner? Yeah. Nope. Okay. My saying is from the Dao De Jing. Uh, it's called Dao Ke Dao, Fei Chang Dao, Ming Ke Ming, Fei Chang Ming, Wu Ming, Tian Di Zhi Shi, Yu Ming, Wan Wu Zhi Mu. So Dao Ke Dao means uh, basically the way. Uh, the Tao, or also known as the Way, the way that can be called the Way is not the eternal way. The name that can be named is not the eternal name. Uh, the Tao, the or the Way, is nameless, but also named, and is the origin of all things, uh, is the mother of, of 10,000 things. But, you know, in Chinese, they say 10,000, they mean all things, um, uh, so the way I interpret this and how the Tao, the Tao is, the Tai Chi is very heavily influenced by Taoism. But the way I've learned from the, from what I gained from that is like, kind of like what you're saying, Dan, like if you're not, uh, if you're invincible, like no one's invincible. So no one can teach you to be invincible, right? Yeah. No one is the way. No one can teach you all of the way. Because if they could, if they could teach you the 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 way, the way of being of everything of of just, you know, the secret of everything. It's not the way. They they they're not the way. Yeah. 
someone who says they have all the answers, guess what? I'd be kind of skeptical, you know? Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, that's one interpretation, but guess what? It's one of many, and this is what all martial arts, all religions, I, I dare say, all human experience comes out of, uh, from what I understand of quantum physics, it's like uh, being, uh, uh, existence is, is mostly empty. There's so much space between particles or, or quarks and, and like subatomic particles that it's mo like we're actually mostly empty space in relation like the size of a particle in relation to each other. However, through the manifestation of this empty space and the interaction of these of these things, all things are born. From emptiness is something, and from something there's and in something there's emptiness. And uh, it's something I'm wrapping my head around, but it, I don't know. It's, it's always given me a sense of peace thinking about these kinds of things, you know? Right. Because at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, just, uh, it's, okay, it's okay. Because in the face of the great, the majestic way, which is all, which is everything and is nothing, it's not a big deal. <laughs> I, it, it, I don't know. That's kind of helped me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, did you have anything for Language Corner? or? Um, no, not today. Okay. Not today. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, ha what, have you read the Dao De Jing? Or have you any thoughts about the Dao De Jing, I guess? Is, I've, I've read parts of it. I haven't read... I haven't read the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I haven't found a really good translation of it. Yeah, there's so I many. Like. It's it's tough. Like, <laughs> just looking at the Chinese translation, I found three different translations I wanted to share tonight. But like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's it's tough. Yeah, yeah. Um, dao ke dao. And even even Chinese people, I was trying to look up stuff on. Even Chinese people argue about the Chinese translation of the Chinese. <laughs> like it's right. uh. Yeah, yeah. Dao ke dao, fei chang dao. Like that. <laughs> Basically, literally, he just says, "The way is the the way. That's the that the way. The way super. The way like that's like a like a little translation. But there's anyways. Yeah. All right. Good. Good talk. Good talk. Thank you. Um, let's wrap it up. Uh, thanks, Dan. Good catching up, man. Thank you so much. Um, uh, also, remember, listeners, please uh, make sure to uh, subscribe on iTunes. Also, we're on Spotify, uh, Stitcher. Uh, we have RSS feed. So, if you have any, uh, if you want to subscribe, uh, find us on any of those um, podcasts uh, players. And also, please be sure to leave a review. That really helps us out. And if you'd like to be a Patreon, we have a patron. We have a Patreon. Um, that'll be in the link in the show notes below. So thank you so much and uh, bye-bye. Bye. -bye. bye.